And, and tonight I'm going to encourage you to have the joy of the Lord. I'm going to encourage you to make a choice. You know, joy is a choice. And really, if you want to know the truth, you need to make that choice when you wake up in the morning. <laughs> because you might wake up and you think, I don't want to go to work, or I don't want to go to church, or I don't want to do nothing but stay in my bed. It's not so bad these days. You know, it's light outside and it's nice. But I'm telling you, those January, February mornings... You know, your flesh goes, whoa. Let's think of a reason we can stay under the covers. But we have to, we have to determine that we're going to have joy. Amen? There's a southern saying that says, uh, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Now, I don't know if that's just true in the south. I found it to be true in Lloyd Minster at my house. But you know what? It, it works the same way. If daddy ain't happy, he can bring it down too. So it's a choice. And so we choose every day our attitude. And now, you might choose it, you know, 7 in the morning, 6 in the morning. Uh, man, I am going to have a joyful day today. Praise the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. And you go to work. And someone just acts like a jerk, and you go, hmm. No, you have to choose again. No, 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 no. I choose joy. I choose joy. Or maybe your body starts screaming some symptoms. You can lose your joy with pain. But God can give us a joy that, as the scripture says, unspeakable. Uh, New American Standard says, a joy inexpressible and full of glory. Well, I want to be full of glory, don't you? Then if you're full of glory, you're going to be full of joy. Amen. You're going to be a happy camper. Amen. So let's look at Romans 14, 17. God started speaking to me about this a few days ago. And this scripture just kept going on and on. And I tell you, I was talking to uh, one of my brothers this afternoon. And, and he just started talking to me of just about some things he'd been, he'd been kind of studying. And, and when we got it, it was like this was the scripture. I said, that's the scripture I've been meditating for days. Why? Because we're living in a perverse generation. Listen, evil is out there and increasing. But the Bible says, instead of reading what Fox News, and that's the better one, certainly CNN or whatever, but the Bible says, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. So, yes, in the, it, as I told my family today, the, the, the days are getting darker. It's true. Jesus is coming again. It's, it's going to get darker, but we get lighter. Here's the thing is, you know, if you're just going to think about how dark it is and how much trouble there is, it's going to be a little hard to have some joy. You know, every day we hear of, of you know, 
either natural disasters. We hear of guys going shooting up something, killing people. Well, how are you going to have joy in all that? Because you have the prince of peace and the joy maker inside of you. You don't, you don't rejoice over those things, but you can have joy through those things. Listen, I can testify, and you can do, there's some of you that can too, that when the love of your life, the one that you've loved dearly, the one that you have given your heart to, moves to heaven, you can have joy. Listen, I don't want to go through walking through grief. There's a, and you know what? I'm not criticizing that group, but I'm saying <laughs> Jesus already walked through grief for me. Yeah, right. yeah. Now, some people need those kind of things, be, and, and thank God they're there for those people. And if you need them, you go. But let me tell you, you can go. It's sort of like you need healing. Go to the doctor, but believe God while you go to the doctor. So if you need a, one of those groups, go to that group, but, but go with Jesus. And he can give you grace to have joy. The Bible says, weeping endures for a night. Weeping endures for, what did it say? A night. Not a year. Not, a, not even a week. Weeping endures for a night. But joy comes in the morning. It's a promise from God. You got to look for that joy, though. Amen. You got to look in the Word of God because that's where your joy will come. All right, Romans fourteen seventeen, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Well, you know what? First of all, to have joy, you're going to have to know that you're righteous. That you're the righteousness of God. Because if you don't, the devil's going to beat you up all the time. But we are righteous not by what we've done, but what he's done. And the Bible says it's the gift of righteousness. We have received the gift of righteousness. It says the heart believes unto righteousness. So we believe when we become born again, we, our heart agrees with God and we believe unto righteousness. So you have to first know that Jesus has become, the Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, you might not have been like me, but I'm telling you, when the first time someone told me I was righteous, I argued with them. Obviously, I didn't know what the Bible said. I just knew, I knew, I knew Brownie. I didn't know the Bible. And I, I thought, I, I argued with them. I said, no, no, I'm not righteous. No, you, you, you're righteous. And I'm like, you're good. But I'm not righteous. I had to be taught that it's not by our works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he saved us so it's according to him not according to me 
Amen. Now we we're supposed to live righteously and we're supposed to do the Bible talks about righteous deeds. But let me tell you, your deeds can never make you righteous. You can't be good enough to be righteous. Amen. You cannot be, but you can understand that God has already made you the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, what about peace? Now, since it says the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy. Peace, it, it's, it, listen, it ends with in the Holy Spirit. So I have to have peace in the Holy Spirit. It's, it's that peace. Peace in the Holy Spirit. So my peace has to come from the Spirit of God. The Prince of Peace. He's been made unto us righteousness, but he's also been given to, he's given to us his peace. My peace I leave with you. He said, he, he left us his peace. So we ought to be able to live in peace. The Bible says to live in peace with all men. Now listen, you're not responsible if they don't want to live in peace with you. But you are responsible. As for me, I'm going to live in peace. Listen, I have announced to more than one person, I will not get in strife with you. I live in peace. Have I ever been in strife? Oh, yes. Peace is better. <laughs> but you know what? It takes, it takes you knowing inside and making a choice because somebody is going to push your buttons probably daily. But I taught the ladies in GCW a lot of long years ago that your buttons have to have power to them. If I'm going to turn on the lights in this place, I've got to switch. Turn on the switch. There's no power back there on the switch. If the power goes out, you can turn on all those switches you want, and nothing happens. So I have the ability to give power to the buttons. Right? If I don't give them power, you can push all you want. Nothing happens. You can just say, we have a power failure on those button pushings. <laughs> you know, some people just, they, they are just wanting to get something out of you. I mean, they, you got people in your life, right? They, they are just, um, and they're looking all around. Let's go back here. Maybe the button back here will do it. I mean, they're, they're, they're trying all of them. And you say, you might as well just hush. You might as well just stop. I've had a power failure on my buttons. They don't work no more. You might remember when they did work. But we disconnected the power. Because <laughs> I decided not to pay that bill. <laughs> and I cut off the power. Amen? Listen, you know what? Being married, you know the buttons. Mar married people know the buttons. Is that not true? Maybe some of you are so pure that you don't know that. But <laughs> Pray for him, sister. But 
guys know each other's buttons, right? Oh, yes, you do. <laughs> but you know what? There came a time in, in my marriage where David and I said, you know what? We are not doing this anymore. I knew there's things that I'd been griping at him for years. Do this. Do that. And he just didn't. And there's things he was saying to me, and I just didn't. And we finally came to a peace agreement. We made a peace treaty. Because it wasn't worth it. And I'm telling you, you want to talk about days of heaven on earth when we quit giving power to the buttons. And you know what, we, what, what got to the buttons? It was like tickle buttons. We'd do it. What used to cause us to get mad, we'd start laughing. And we, you know, brownie, da-da-da-da-da. And I go, <laughs> did I do that again? <laughs> He'd start laughing. And I'd do the same with him. David? Da, 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 da. He'd go, really, Brownie? <laughs> then we'd just, we'd just laugh. Laughing is so much better than fighting. If you haven't discovered that, try that. But you have to make a quality decision. It doesn't happen because you think it might work. You have to make a quality decision. You know, both of my children made decisions that they weren't going to date in, until they, they had someone that they believed God wanted them to marry. They weren't going to play the dating game. And so uh, they, when they started a relationship with the purpose of, I'm going to marry this person, Liberty with Matthew and Jonathan with Tia, they each, uh, all four of them, they made, when they first started, they made standards. This is our standard. So that they didn't have to make it when they were in a compromising position where they might be by themselves or they, you know, something was, you know, you walking and something was romantic. They made decisions that we, this is not, we're not going to go there until after we're married. And I'm not talking about, I'm very hush, is going, but. I'm talking about just simple things to say this is what we're going to do. And you know what? They didn't get that from us. They, they did that on their own. We didn't tell them that. But when they told me and when they told their dad, well, Liberty, when her and Matthew told us, it was like, what a smart idea. Wish I'd known to do that when I was a teenager. Wish I'd known. But, you know, it's so much easier. But I have things in my own life. You have things in your life. If you'll set a standard now, like, I'm not going to fuss. I'm not going to get in strife. You can push all the buttons you are. I will not fight with you. Now, let me tell you, you might have to walk in a bedroom and pray in tongues for 30 minutes, an hour. <laughs> Take a walk. <laughs> Whatever. But if you say, I will not get in strife with you and it might be somebody in the church doesn't have to be your spouse doesn't have to be in your family but you might have somebody at work somebody in the church somebody whatever and and you know that there's a a potential of you getting in strife 
you choose. I'm not getting in strife because you can't be in joy in strife. You ever been a happy person in strife? <laughs> Never met one. They don't exist. So praise the Lord. The kingdom of God, this is what we are. Jesus bought so we could be in the kingdom. It's not about what you eat. It's not about what you drink. It is about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Philippians 1.25 says this. I'll just read it to you. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you for all your progress and joy in the faith. You know what? We're supposed to have joy in our faith. When I got filled with the Holy Spirit, let me tell you, I was like the faith police. I was the word police. I was not nice to be around. You make a bad confession, I was on your case. I told you about it. So, you know, and it'd be just people that didn't have a clue what I was talking about. They'd say, oh, I, I think I'm coming down with the flu. That's a bad confession. Don't say that in my presence again. They look at you like, huh? <laughs> oh, I'm afraid so. You're afraid? That's a bad confession. Don't ever say that in front of me again. One girl, she was a good friend, and she, she'd been in my Bible studies when she was a teenager, but she went to another church, and so she's in my Bible studies, but I'm telling you, I was so, you know, black and white, blah, 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 blah. And so I hadn't seen her in a while. I moved away, and I came back, and she said, Hey, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I speak in tongues. I said, Wonderful. Why didn't you do that when you were in my Bible study? She said, Because you were so mean. <laughs> That's not nice. It's not a good report. We're supposed to have joy in the faith. Yeah. Amen. Do you think Jesus, listen, how many bad confessions did he hear? Now, he, he heard them all. Now, he did sometimes say that you are a brood of vipers, whitewashed graves, little faith, no faith. But he always walked in love. He might have used a whip to drive some people out. But let me tell you, it, he didn't have a problem with strife. Because the Bible said he never sinned. And strife is sin. <laughs> the Bible says where there's strife and division, there's every evil work. You want to have evil stuff happening in your life? Just get in strife. You want to stop evil from being in your life? Stay out of strife. When, you're, when your flesh wants to rise up and say, I don't like the way they looked at me. <laughs> That's a big one. Get over the way people look at you. Because they looked at you strange before you were saved. <laughs> They're going to look at you strange when you're saved. Who cares? Amen. Praise the Lord. Romans 15, 13. It says, Now may the God of hope, aren't you glad he's called the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Here we go again. Joy and peace are hooked together 
You got joy, you'll have peace. But you, if you have hope, you'll have joy. Hopeless people are not happy people. And when circumstances pile on you and you start looking at the circumstances and you start feeling hopeless, you're going to lose your joy. Brother Jerry Savelle wrote a, one of the greatest books of, of our century called If Satan Can't Steal Your Joy, He Can't Keep Your Goods. And Brother Jerry tells us when we're in the, uh, the President's Cabinet meetings, he tells us about, go, I mean, just being in airports all over the world. He's called the happy preacher, the preacher of joy. That book's gone over. David was with him in uh, uh, South Africa, and they were in an airport, and um, David had learned some Zulu. That boy could do just pick up languages, you know. Me, I, I, I couldn't have done that. But anyway, there was the, a, a tall, beautiful woman at, behind the counter. She recognized Brother Jerry. And she told him she is reading his book, that book. And so David started greeting her in Zulu. She looked at him. Now, he's the whitest man. <laughs> he's one of the whitest men ever on earth. And she looked at him like, how do you know that? No, it wasn't Zulu. It was Swahili. And he said, well, I had a friend in Bible school that, that was raised in there and spoke that language, and he taught it to me. Now, he didn't know a whole lot, but he knew how to greet her. But Brother <laughs> David said, Brother Jerry, like this was, your, this was back in the 80s, and Brother Jerry was just saying to David, and the book wasn't that old. Maybe it was early 90s. I can't remember when it was. But anyway, the book hadn't been out that long, but it had already gone around the world. Why? Because people want joy. And they want the devil to quit stealing from them. And so if you get an opportunity, I'd say order that book. Get it in your hands as soon as you can. And read it. And, and uh, I went to look for mine this week. I, I gave so many away. I guess I gave my last copy away. I'm going to have to get one myself. But it's a wonderful thing. And it's a very, very profound truth. If Satan can't steal your joy... He can't keep your goods. Listen, I've had, I've had my house broken into and everything that was worth anything stolen. But, you know, I did lose my joy when I came home from work that day. I did lose my joy. But I knew to get it back. I knew things are things. But God is true. And if... if in fact, I just prayed and I said, well, God, I decide they're not stealing from me. I give it to them. Well, I'd learned that from Brother Copeland. He talked about a camera when, when I was working for him. Someone broke into their hotel room and stole some camera and stuff. And Brother Copeland said, well, I decided, because the Bible says if you catch a thief, you make him pay seven times. But if you'll sow it, you can get a hundredfold return. So he's decided to give it to the guy instead of calling him a thief. So I just thought that was a great testimony. 
So I'm, I'm speaking with Brother Jerry. Jerry Savelle was having a conference, and I was a, Jerry was the speaker, I was a speaker, and Kenneth's mama was the speaker. And so I spoke before she got up. We called her Nani. Nani was going to preach after I preached. So well, I got up, and I told this story. They stole my stuff, but I decided I'm going to sow it into their lives, and I'll reap a hundredfold return. She got up and rebuked me from the pulpit. What do you mean letting a thief get away with it? And I wanted to, but I respected my elders, but I wanted to raise my hand and say, your son is the one that taught me that. Amen. But it's still, you got to get over being mad about it. You got to get over wanting to go, you know, do something bad. You, gotta, you just got to switch over and say, you know what? It's stuff. What? If you'll just realize that stuff is stuff, then it, you don't have to lose it. And if you lose it, God will get it back to you better than ever. Amen? Praise the Lord. Let's get it going on. Uh, joy and peace will be evidence. I like this. Joy and peace will be evidence that you are in faith. Did you get that? I want to say that again. Joy and peace will be evidence that you are in faith. If you say, well, I, I'm believing God. I'm just believing God. Well, let me see. Do you have joy? Are you in peace? Because if you're not in joy and you, if you don't have joy and peace, you're not in faith. Because faith settles it. Faith says I already have it. So I don't have to be worrying about it i don't have to be in strife about it i have it maybe you're believing god for a loved one to get saved and you're going to have to use your faith but when someone asks instead of you just blurting out how terrible that person is you just you got joy well praise the lord they're coming in they're coming in i see them praising the lord hallelujah and i got perfect i sleep at night they're not going to hell i'm not letting them go to hell Listen, I've sat with people across the table who told me, I don't care, I don't want what you got. And I've just said to them, sorry, I'm not going to let you go to hell. You don't, have to, you don't have to receive Jesus today, but you will receive Jesus. And just smile at them, <laughs> and they just think you're just nutty. <laughs> and they just think, oh, God, I wish you'd leave me alone. And I just say, oh, God, don't leave them alone. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. No joy, no faith. Now, I know that's a hard saying. But it's true. Because faith will get you over into joy. Joy will get you into faith. They work together. Amen. And if you, if you decide, if you're going around depressed, and anxious, check your joy level. Now remember, joy is not an outside expression. It's from the inside. It's not joy is not happiness, even though it can be expressed as happiness. But joy's deeper. That doesn't mean you gotta be going ha 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 all the time. But joy is walking in joy. 
I, I got rebuked by the Lord just a few weeks ago because Kim and I were traveling to a meeting and something happened and I mean it was it did not make me happy. Now she didn't do anything, but something happened. And I, I mean, I was like, I can't believe this. And she, just how she's giggling now, that's how she was giggling. And I looked at her and I said, this is not funny. <laughs> she, she wouldn't talk back to me, but she was trying to hold back. But she's giggling. And I was just mad about it. It's like, stop it. This is serious. This is serious, Kim. Quit laughing. Well, we get to the service at night and the preacher talks about, you know, having joy and laughing. And I went, <laughs> man, am I getting rebuked publicly? Oh, Kim knew it too. I tell you. <laughs> You've answered my prayers. I couldn't correct her, but you could publicly. <laughs> but if you get in faith, you will get in joy. I mean real faith. I'm not talking about I wish it'll happen. I'm talking about real Bible faith. Real faith. Where no one can take you off from it. I tell you when, when uh, Jonathan had me share on Sunday about when I broke my back in the car accident and was paralyzed. You know what I did? I had never played an auto harp. But when you're flat on your back, and the only thing that works is your hands. I thought, you know what? I'm going to praise the Lord. So I asked David, find me an auto harp. So someone heard about it, and they had one. They brought it to the, to the hospital, and I started, I figured out, okay, I, I can play that. I figured out how to play it. I'm playing it and just singing praises to God. On that auto harp on my belly. I mean, I was on my back with the auto harp on my belly. And you know what happened? The nurses started coming in my room to take their break. Because it was, it was a peaceful place, full of joy, and I was completely paralyzed. <laughs> Except for I, I could move my arms a little and my hands a little. And I was sitting on, uh, laying on that bed, singing praises to God. Why? Because I needed it. I wasn't doing it for them. I, if they came or went, it didn't matter to me. I needed it. I had the word playing on a, a, in those days we had cassettes. I had a cassette going all the time. Uh, I tell you, one, it was only one tape set. It was by Brother Copeland. It was called uh, the, uh, the Word Final Authority. And I tell you, when they'd come in and give a bad report to me, I'd go, thank you, and then take the word when they'd leave and go I'm healed I take Jeremiah 29 11 I know the plans God has for me it is not to be crippled it is for good not for evil to give me a future and a hope yeah. I'm going to raise my children yeah. amen so praise God that I'm telling you you got to do extreme things sometimes to get joy but we have such technology today I was laughing at myself today because I was, I was listening to, uh, to some stuff, and I had it on my iPad, and then I went in another room, and I didn't take the iPad, but I had my phone with me, so I just put it on, it was on my phone anyway, so I started playing it on my phone, singing with this song, and 
And then I went in my bedroom where my laptop was, and I left my phone in the kitchen. So I played it on my laptop, and I started laughing. Went, you, every one of your electronic things has the praise and worship stuff on it or has sermons on it. So we, we don't have any excuse. We don't have an excuse. You can get things that will help you have joy. If you're having a, a low day, then you, first of all, you need to have someone that you can, you, that can pray with you and encourage you. But you, the Bible says David encouraged himself. Yeah. There will be times when it's the middle of the night. Nobody wants you to call them at 3 in the morning. <laughs> I used to be the one calling, I know. They don't like that. But you know what? It's, it's, it's not necessary if you know that you can get it yourself. Amen? But if it's during the day and you need some encouragement, don't just mope around. Feel sorry for yourself. Put the word in you. And then if you're still having trouble, call somebody. And instead of telling them all your trouble, say, you know what, I don't want to go through it all. Because let me tell you, when you rehearse all that's wrong or how somebody, you know, how, how some things are happening, when you rehearse it, tell me how I know. I, you know, somebody will call me and say, what do you think about what well, so-and-so did? And I'll start talking. And this has happened even this week, and I'll say, you know what, I am not talking. That's it. We're not talking about this. Because I know what it does to my heart. But I've been guilty of just spewing out my hurt, spewing out my dis disappointments and those aren't going to help you any it builds it more in you it builds it in you so you know what it's okay to tell someone when you're getting counsel and you're getting prayer but you when you're telling you have the idea that this is the light where this is it i let's i want you to agree with me that this is going to stop that i got a better day ahead amen better day ahead Better day ahead. I'm telling you, with Jesus, it gets better and better and sweeter and sweeter. And gooder and gooder. Amen? Hallelujah. Here, listen to this. Word, the Word of God gives you faith. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of Christ, right? The Word gives you faith. Faith gives you hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So faith gives you hope. Amen? Hope gives you joy. Joy gives you strength. Nehemiah 8.10 says, The joy of the Lord is my strength. Strength gives you victory. It's, it's all connected. You start, though, with the Word. The Word gives me faith. Faith gives me hope. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Hope gives me joy. Joy gives me strength. And strength gives me victory. Amen? Amen? Enter in to the joy of the Lord, the Bible says. Joy is not a feeling, it's a force. I heard um, uh, Keith Moore said this uh, on a broadcast with Brother Copeland. Joy is not a feeling, it's a force, it's of life, it's a force that comes out of life. Now I'm going to read that to you again because that's quoting him. Joy is not a feeling, it's a force. It's of life, it's a force that comes out of life. Amen? Now, 
A scripture in Psalms 126, verse 5. It says, Those who sow in tears shall reap with joyful shouting. He who goes to and fro weeping, carrying his bag of seeds, shall indeed come again with a shout of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. There's a time that you're going to sow in tears, but you're reaping joy. Amen? Amen? It says, shall indeed come again with a shout of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Now, my mama believed in joy. She believed in singing. My mama didn't let us do anything without singing. It drove us nuts. She, uh, she... I mean, anything we did, we had to sing while we did it. If it was cleaning the house, she had to sing. And she had a song for cleaning the house. If it was, we had to shake up buttermilk to make butter. And, oh, you couldn't just shake it. And we had to do it every Saturday morning. It was the only time we could see cartoons. And back in the 50s, they, they had this, this plastic you put on the screen and um, I think it was Mighty Mouse. I can't remember which one, but I think it was Mighty Mouse. And he'd be trying to escape, and you had to draw the bridge on the television so he could go over, so you're really drawn on the plastic, you know. Well, Mama thought that was a great time. Only time we could watch television was Saturday mornings. And that's the time we could shake the, butter, the bu buttermilk to make butter. So we're trying to, you know, do it, but, you know, one of us can draw, draw the bridge quick, you know, and then you got to race it before he needs it again. And so you're doing that. Mama says, you need to sing while you're doing that. We don't want to sing. We're watching cartoons. Oh, no, my mama wanted us to sing. And so when we went to bring in the, the clothes from the clotheslines, now how many know that, you know, we washed a lot of sheets. Well, we couldn't just go get the sheets. We had to sing, bringing in the sheets, bringing in the sheets. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheets. One time we were sure Mama wasn't watching. And she and uh, Daddy had cut down all these little trees out beside the house. And we had to drag them down to the end of the, the property down by the pond so Daddy could burn them. Well, that's not an easy job. We're all little kids, you know. Well, we're just dragging them. Mama's looking out the kitchen window. She lifts up the, the, the window and says, Get on them and ride them like a horse and sing. Mama, we just want to drag them and burn them. She wouldn't let us drag them. Here's the three of us. Sing some cowboy, country western, Porter Wagner song probably. But you know what? My mama had joy. She kept her joy. She, she'd be in the hospital and just not doing too good, but she kept her joy. Well, praise the Lord, she still was singing. 
but at least she didn't make us sing all the time anymore. But there was another one. Now, I wasn't allowed to whistle because in the South, uh, w women don't whistle. That's very, very uncouth. So as a woman, I was not allowed to whistle. But there was a song called Whistle While You Work. And you whistle the second part. I learned it at school. But my mama knew it. I came home and said, do you know this song? Oh, yes. She said, in fact, you, you need to sing that when you're cleaning. Well, I did it, and I whistled. Well, I got in trouble for whistling. But mama, it says, whistle while you work. Well, you hum. Because it says, hum a merry tune. <laughs> so you just hum. <laughs> you should have met my mama. She's probably in heaven telling David, sing a song, David. <laughs> but listen to this New Living Translation of Psalm 126. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. They sing when they return with the harvest. The Bible says in Proverbs, uh, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But it doesn't stop there. But when the desire comes, it's like a tree of life. So hope deferred doesn't give you joy. But hope not deferred. And you can have hope and not let it get deferred. Really? Right? Right. You can have hope. And when it starts to be deferred and your heart gets sick, you stop it. See, that was written in Proverbs. That was before the Holy Spirit came to live in us. We got a better promise now. I don't have to have my hope deferred. I can say, well, I don't see it right now, but faith will get it. See the difference? Faith will get it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. 2 Corinthians 9.7 7 says God loves a cheerful giver. The main indicator that you have faith in God's word concerning your giving is that you're cheerful. Now, I didn't hear, but mm -hmm, I didn't hear not one amen. That's not good enough, guys. Mm -hmm, doesn't make me cheerful, but I got joy of the Lord. Amen. But if you have faith that this works, that if I give, it's given back to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Running over shall men give unto my bosom. If I believe that, I can be cheerful about it. But if I believe, bye-bye, money. It was nice knowing you. Might as well kiss it goodbye. You'll never see it again. It's hard to be cheerful about that. Isn't it? I remember the first time Brother Copeland taught us about about using our faith when we paid our taxes. Listen, I've never been cheerful about paying taxes. <laughs> kind of ripped me off every time I had to do it. I was always looking for a return. <laughs> and Brother Copeland said, you, you sow your taxes into the government and you bless it and you pray over it. And I went, huh? Uh, that Copeland, he's a little fanatical, I think. You give your taxes cheerfully, huh? Now, what good conservative person wants to give taxes cheerfully? 
Brother Copeland. But you know what? I learned. I just, because the Bible says if you'll, if you'll listen to the prophet and you'll do what the prophet says, you'll prosper. Well, I figured, well, I sure need to prosper to pay those taxes. <laughs> so I think I'm just going to, I'm going to try it. So the next tax season came up and I just said, well, I'm going to pray over it. I didn't feel cheerful. I still felt a little ripped. But you know what? I did it out of obedience. And the next year, it didn't hurt so bad. <laughs> and the next, I do it now because really, I realize those taxes are what builds my roads. Those taxes are what makes it avail things available for my good. Pays for police officers. There's a reason we're taxed. Amen? Now, I don't believe in ungodly taxes, but if we are, uh, listen, in Jesus' day, don't you think they were being ungodly taxed? But he said, you just render under Caesar that which is Caesar's. <laughs> you think Caesar was doing, had a great tax budget? No. He had people like Zacchaeus working for him who cheated everybody. Well, Jesus didn't get all upset about those taxes. He believed God would provide. So he was cheerful paying. I bet he got a great big laugh going, guess where we got the money to pay the taxes? Out of a fish. They probably had nobody come in to pay their taxes like that. Well, praise the Lord. Cheerful givers show that they have faith in their giving. If you are not being cheerful about your giving, if you, when you start to think about giving your tithe and it hurts, you got a little ways to go, but I tell you, you'll get there. Don't get discouraged. I don't know anybody that paid their tithe the first time and went, woohoo! Maybe Zacchaeus. But really, it's, it's a, you have to learn to believe God. Because... You may, I mean, they might not be mad about it, but there's people, you know, that I, I know when I started paying a tithe, it was like, I don't see how I'm going to pay my bills because it didn't add up. Here's what I make. <laughs> and God, 10% of that is going to make me not, I got to not pay one, something's got to give. Well, what I had to give was me and my spirit of mammon. Praise the Lord. Don't have trouble anymore. Never have trouble anymore. Never, never. So, he said, he said that we should be cheerful givers. Cheerful givers. Cheerful givers. Proverbs 17, 22 says, and I've learned it in the King James, and, and so I always quote it in King James, but it says, a merry heart does good like medicine. You not feeling good? Start getting some joy. Start getting some joy. I, I was telling Judy a story about when Liberty was about three or four. We went to a home of somebody that that was, I mean, really having just troubles all the time with sickness. But she was she was always complaining. She's very negative. So we went to visit her, and and Liberty, you know, she was not in school, so we took her with us and. We had a little coloring book, and we set her at the coffee table to color. 
So she's coloring, and we're talking to this lady, and this lady's just pouring out all her negative things on us and just pouring it out, pouring it out. And so, you know, finally, we're talking. We're talking to the lady, and Liberty said, she said her name, Miss So-and-so. The Bible says a merry heart does good like medicine. Put her head down, start coloring again. <laughs> And the woman went, well, I guess it does. All our talking didn't do any good. Liberty's coloring and <laughs> lifting her head up and going, basically, you're a grouch, so you should get happy. <laughs> she didn't say it like that. She was respectful. She just quoted the word. The, in the New American, it says, a joyful heart is good medicine. A joyful heart is good medicine. Well, even the world knows this. They know that laughter can heal people. They've started showing funny movies like The Three Stooges, which I can't imagine watching that for 24 hours, but my brother's good. But joyful heart. But you know what? I've got friends that, that you know, are, are really close covenant friends. And when we get together, we just laugh all the time. And I can, I can be sick have all kinds of symptoms, and we'll start laughing, and I'll forget all about the symptoms because we just laugh. I remember when David went to heaven, the Lord told me on that night, the night that David went, I went in our bedroom, and I was sitting on the bed by myself, and I was, I was crying and said, God, what am I going to do? He said, do you know that when, before you married David, when you were single, you were known for your great joy? And I said, yes, sir. He said, you're going to have great joy again. 